Hello and welcome to PMI's Uncommon Sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner with PMI. Our Uncommon Sense podcast is a 15-minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined by Sean Buckland. Sean, can you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Hi there. I'm Sean Buckland, Director Consultant at PMI. Originally trained in the, in the mid-2000s in my green and black belt. Prior to that, an organizational psychologist working to try and get systems and processes to work together. So we're going to talk today. Our podcast is called You Can't Manage What You Can't See. Tell me a bit more about why you chose visual management. There's something about it. It's, there's a simple elegance to it that never ceases to amaze me. Once you've worked out the best way to manage your work with a really simple visual tool, it's one of those moments where you sit back and go, you know what, that's so obvious, I can't believe I could ever work without it. Yes. <laughs> because, of course, what's happening is while we're just busy doing the work and firefighting and chasing down problems and responding to queries and and tending meetings and all of those busy work things that we do as in our standard ways of working, that time just to sit back and say, right, what is it that really matters? And how can I make sure that I can see it at a glance? It's not normally a question we take the time to ask. But once we've managed to think it through and get it on the wall, these days could be a digital wall, the crucial thing is it's just going, is there anything in exception or not? If no, stay out the way. Don't tamper. Get on with just letting the work work, and I can focus on making a better day tomorrow. So so I think there's a beauty to it, but it's also deeply frustrating in the sense that getting to get that point of simple, elegant beauty means you have to fight past all of the noise and pull out those vital few things that, if presented in the right way and maintained properly, then means you can just go... Ah, things are working and I don't need to worry. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing because the results are always simple, but the process of getting there are always really quite tough. I think it's a very interesting piece of work to pull off. So can we talk a bit more then about the process of getting there? Because that seems to be the number of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's start with, first of all, what does a visual management tool actually do? Because that's the challenge number one. What is it you're actually trying to manage? And so to answer that question, you need to have a detailed understanding of who your customer is, what the value you're trying to create for the customer, what resources you're needing to use to meet that demand. And then in addition to that, what are the sources of variation that you need to be able to manage and cope with? And this is why the visual management solution, whatever it turns out to be, in a traditional process redesign, would be part of what I'd bring into the control phase, in the standardization phase of, of the project, so as to ensure maintenance. So the reason I put it in in the first place is because even a cleaned up process will still decay over time if we don't manage to sustain it. And the visual management tool, back to your catchphrase at the beginning, if you can't see it, you can't manage it. 
the same thing is true. How do we manage the new process if we can't see it? It's just going to probably decay back down again. Putting that visual management tool together, what I'm trying to do is encapsulate the definition of the flow of value through a section of the value stream. So each part of the value stream will need its own visual management tool because each part of the value stream is doing its own section of delivering value. And then maybe we need a hierarchy one as well that's looking at all of those together. But we want to cascade that upwards, not cascade downwards. The traditional KPI tree passes down targets which distort the system often. What this does is it says, here's how my bit of the value is working. And then the value stream owner can ask themselves, are all of the bits of the value stream working or where do I need to pay attention? What does a visual management tool look like? Well, they're all different because every process is trying to manage a different thing. But I could tell you some of the quality criteria that I think are consistent across many, if not all of them. Number one is not just the manager can see it, the whole team can see it. Because if the whole team can see how the team is performing, the chances of the team working together go up substantially. And it's one of the key principles of team working is being able to know how we're doing so that we can react accordingly. Now, that could be quite simple. Like, for example, I was visiting um, a factory that makes diggers, basically, a few years ago, and they just simply had, this is how many we need to make <laughs> today, and this is how many we've made, and it was red or green based on whether or not we were on target or not. And that's just a very simple visual management tool, so the whole team would know, are they up keeping up with the rate of demand accordingly? It's a very, very simple one. A much more sophisticated one that I've seen was in a, a telecoms environment where the, the big boxes that shoot all of the signals when you're on the phone or on the internet and the boxes you find at the end of your street are where the main routing points. And the question was, are they working or not? The problem was, is if one of them overloaded, it would send its work off to others, which could then cause an overload, which would then send its work off to others, and you'd get this cascade of overloads. And so the visual management system that they built was based around control charting, looking at the variation in the demand on them, not just the peak demand or, or the average demand. And what it was able to do is any time it became nearer to a threshold level, this was a fully automated system, it would allow the work to be passed off before it reached that spike overload system and literally 99% reduction in the amount of repair work going on. But the crucial thing here is then there was a screen back at the head office where they could see the whole of every single box anywhere. And if anything still went red, bang, straight in there, which box is it? Right, who's the nearest team? Get them out there, get it fixed, swap out those circuit boards, whatever it might be. The amount of repairs went down and the repair time because they could just see with a single glance. I saw another similar one. It was absolutely crazy back in Windows 95 days. It was still amazing to see because it was handling an entire country. The size of the screen was three building stories high. Good grief. And it, it looked okay. like a NASA control center. But you just, so people just sat there and they could see the whole country in one go. As soon as something went red, bang, I know exactly where to respond. But the, what's the beauty of this is it stops this thing called tampering, and, you know, which is where we're interfering with the process without understanding whether there's a genuine exception or not. And if we do that, what we tend to do is we end up making things worse. 
So what we want to do is be sure that there is an exception and only respond to the exceptions. Less work for the managers, less annoyance for the front line, and less risk of making things worse. So that's in a nutshell. I'm sorry it's quite a long answer, but th this is the power of visual management. It, it gives us control back over our daily lives, in, in our working lives, yeah. And I like the idea of the lower level processes, the data on that rolling up, so that ultimately the leaders have a dashboard which tells me exactly what's going on. Yeah, and to stay out of the way. <laughs> if there's nothing wrong, <laughs> leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed, indeed, which sometimes is, is also very comforting, isn't it? That, that yeah. There's nothing else wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so um, in terms of some top tips that you would give to somebody who was embarking on visual management? Yeah, number one, build it on paper first. When I'm training in this, I often show some photos I have of what they look like before, middle and after. <laughs> in terms of the visual management system. And the thing that makes it hard is you have to work out what you're not going to look at. I'll give you a real-life example from a training organization. Initially, we thought the problem we were trying to solve was overspending on booking of external venues because we had four training rooms of our own that we were able to book. And those were good enough rooms that they'd handle most situations that we needed to be in. And the average amount of training per day that we were delivering was three courses worth. So in theory, we had 25% spare capacity every day. But every year, we were spending several hundreds of thousands of pounds booking external venues. So the problem we were thought we were trying to solve was how to manage the venues' spaces. So our initial visual management tool was based around the venues, and we were trying to manage those. And it became an impossible nightmare because that's not the value to the customer. The venue is a tool that we use to help us deliver value. So what we did is we turned it around and we started managing the progression of people through the training. So we asked the customer, when do you want to know about what training is coming up? And they gave us an answer of X number of weeks. And then we said, okay, once you've booked onto training, when do you want us to send you the joining instructions, the reminder, the final things? And they told us X number of weeks. And then we come to the day of the training. And what we did was the new design of the visual management tool was a series of magnetic whiteboards, and each one of them represented a batch of four weeks. And they were just literally on wooden runners built to the wall. So you could slide one out at the far end and bring it back in at the beginning. It was just a rolling set of three months because we said, right, when this training here, and what we'd do is we'd have these little magnetic stickers that said, this training course needs to be advertised this week. And it didn't matter when in the week we advertised it. So at the beginning of each week, we'd just create a magnetic sticker with the course reference number, stuck it on the advertised row. And when they'd advertised it, they'd count forward four weeks and stick it in the send out joining instructions column and row okay. for the right week and the right column. Always count forward four, drop down one. And that meant after we'd been running it for a while, which is the priority? Joining instructions are higher priority than the sending out adverts. So we'd send out all the joining instructions first. And when we pick up the stick of the joining instruction, we'd then move it forward two weeks and drop it down to the day the training was going to be running on. 
and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, stick the sticker where it was. So you notice we're just physically moving the work through the flow. And at the end of the course, and we weren't allowed to take the magnetic sticker off until we'd completed the evaluation forms and paid any invoices, raised any monies. And therefore, as a matter of fact, at the end of the week, anything that was still in there in the column became a signal because the next week you could see there was work left over from last week non-completed. If at any day there'd been a mess up in the management of the venues, you would see it because there'd be five courses booked to run on the same day because there'd be five stickers in there and you'd have two weeks to go, hmm, can we have a rethink on this? And obviously we did some stuff behind the scenes to improve on that, like leveling it out because they were typically everybody's trying to book training onto Mondays. We spoke to the customer and they said, please don't put training on Mondays. <laughs> so we, we, we mostly put the training Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And the power of this was fantastic because what the wider customer found out after a while was that we had this spare capacity in our training rooms, even after we'd re-leveled it out, as I say, 25% spare capacity. Any member of the team was then authorized to sell spare space because if it was less than two weeks to go, any member of the team could just look on that board that was just on the wall beside them and they could see that on Monday we only had two courses running so they knew straight away there were two rooms available to sell and we were able to power it off. So instead of it being a couple of hundred thousand a year of losses, we were generating around about 100,000 of additional revenue a year. Wow. Purely because the team could answer the question, can I hire a room from you? Because they could turn around and see it. So this is the power of visual management. We turned from trying to manage the venue to managing the flow of the work. We had a little bit of work to do to level it out, and then the venues became self-managing. There we go. Easy. And it cost us £97 <laughs> to put the, the whiteboard <laughs> the bits of wood. Now, of course, in today's world, there are lots of digital equivalents of these kind of things. But if all the teams in the same room together, to be quite honest with you, I'd probably still have it on the wall. But in a virtual team, obviously, a digital tool would be equivalent. Yes, yes. But absolutely, the power of having it on, on the wall in some way or another means that actually you do see it and therefore you also notice any other signals that, that might be designed in. Yeah. And for the manager of that service, she could come away, come back off holiday, walk in, Monday morning, what's the backlog? And it would be there in front of her eyes. Okay, why haven't we finished closing off this course? She didn't have to ask any further details. She knew exactly which course is the target. Yes. Who to go and speak to because of the who's responsible for each stage. Yeah. And straight away, she's in the right place without having to open up her computer. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website, or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organisation. We'd really love to hear from you.